learning to play and playing to learn. I've just come back from a workshop held at the Flying Lab. That's a simulator, lab, play space set up by the German airline Lufthansa to explore innovation possibilities into the future. Housed in an old leather factory, the space is open, configurable and fun. Pieces of aircraft cabin, chairs to try out new virtual reality possibilities, different spaces to explore different stages in the customer journey, everywhere covered in post-its, whiteboards and scribbles. The concept is typical of the kind of environment which public and private sector organisations are increasingly working with, innovation spaces. But these aren't simply corporate fun parks, there's a serious purpose behind them. Play is a valuable, if untapped, resource. And there's some important science underpinning why it's worth paying attention to. Watch any group of kids at play, and you can remind yourself that this is something which comes naturally. It should do. Evolutionary psychologists are pretty clear that the ability to play and therefore imagine and simulate a variety of situations, developed as an important adaptive mechanism. Kids play, we play, because we're hardwired to do so. Reward circuits in the brain reinforce the experience with suitable chemicals to ensure it's seen as something pleasurable which we'll want to repeat. It's not just kids. All mammals display similar behaviour, and it raises an important question. Why? Play is costly in terms of energy, so why have they evolved to retain this capacity? The argument is that play is not accidental, but instead serves several important purposes. It enables them to practice skills that are essential to survival and reproduction, to learn to cope physically and emotionally with unexpected, potentially harmful events, to reduce hostility, enable cooperation, and generate new and sometimes useful creations. All of which could be pretty useful in the process of coming up with ideas and turning them into value. Innovation. Experimentation matters. Innovation's all about experiment, and we've learned how important that is. Playing with ideas, especially at their early stages, tossing concepts around in brainstorming sessions, realising the best of them through prototypes, which become boundary objects around which others can help elaborate and develop our innovation. Simulating tricky situations without the risk, testing hypotheses, not being afraid to fail. And there's a growing body of evidence to support this. Books talking about serious play or reminding us that experimentation matters. Others talking about the way the playful entrepreneur is often the architect of major change. There are communities of practice around using and developing games for serious organisational purposes, including innovation. A host of workshop and training programmes designed to embed skills and practices associated with effective play. This widespread practice, incorporated in boot camps, hackathons and other activities, has, at its heart, a deep research base in the psychology of problem exploration and open-ended solution development. Giving people time and space to play is linked to successful examples of innovation. 
things like post-it notes and Gmail owe their origins to such approaches. Play offers an exploration space. It's all about using physical and virtual elements to construct a safe space in which to explore new stuff. How do we move from vague notions, hunches, half-formed ideas towards something more workable? Not by a single leap, but by a series of stepping stones, bridges, scaffolding, essentially playing with ideas about the problem. Kids do this naturally. From the moment they can start to hold and examine an object, they begin to explore it, trying out all its possibilities. And when they play together, they multiply the possible options in inspiring fashion. A humble cardboard box can become a spaceship, a shop, a stage, an article of clothing, and it can change its identity with impressive speed. But it's not just about exploring the new. Play also helps us deal with the existing but tricky stuff. Think about the way a piece of theatre works. Interestingly, we call what we see in the theatre a play. It's something we can engage with, explore, experiment with some of the deepest emotional and interpersonal challenges we face in our worlds, our complex social and political relationships, our underlying motivations. We can make explicit what we'd normally keep hidden. The fun element may not always be apparent, but using the simulator laboratory of the play gives us a sort of quarantined environment in which it's safe to bring this stuff out into the open and explore it. So how do we support play? Enabling structures are critical. We need spaces in which play can take place. Think of the way a kindergarten works. Typically, these are not austere classrooms, but rather stimulating, interesting physical environments, equipped with play resources of many kinds, paints, bricks, other things. These play structures provide enabling scaffolding within which children can experiment and explore. And of course, what works in the world of children also has application for adults. Increasingly, we're seeing attention being paid to environments to enable innovation. For example, the Googleplex, Apple's new headquarters, or the Pixar studios. The idea of innovation labs has become a must-have accessory for any organisation, public or private sector, concerned with innovation. And it recognises the need for dedicated spaces within which experimentation can happen. They provide safe offline environments in a physical sense. But another key part of this enabling structure is the idea of games. Because games are essentially structured play, where a space is created within which different rules operate and into which we can immerse ourselves. Dave Gray and his colleagues suggest that games represent a particular kind of play which has five key characteristics. Game space, an environment in which the rules of ordinary life are temporarily suspended and replaced with the rules of the game. In effect, it involves a temporary alternative world. Boundaries, games have a definite point at which they start and end, and other boundaries, for example in physical space. A football game has time and the boundaries of the pitch, for example. And there are rules for interaction. These define the way the game is played together with the game space boundaries. 
There are often artifacts, elements which enable the game to be played or carry information about the roles. For example, the counters on a board game, the ball, the bat and the other equipment in a sports game, and so on. And games have goals. They have a purpose and an endpoint, a winning state where the objective is achieved. Games can offer powerful opportunities to work with alternative worlds and explore, experiment and create in focused fashion. They've been extensively used in a variety of serious contexts, for example, as safe ways to explore and resolve organisational conflicts, to break down silos, to build trust, to enable more effective collaboration within and between teams, and so on. It's not surprising that learning to play is becoming an increasingly important theme in the innovation world. And it's one which is being explored in a project called Gamify, a collaborative European programme involving universities, companies and other intermediaries. The underlying intention is to explore where and how games can be used in innovation and to establish patterns and processes through which we might construct new games around innovation. A part of this project involves developing examples of games, dealing with current hot topic issues, for example, dealing with sustainability and the challenge that poses for innovation, managing innovation in a context of remote working, developing a customer-first orientation, business modelling and reconfiguring value propositions, and overcoming innovation barriers in organisations. So learning to play, whether it's by constructing environments like the Flying Lab or developing games such as those in the Gamify project, is an increasingly important theme in innovative organisations. But there's another angle to this. It's not just about learning to play. There are also rich opportunities in playing to learn. The power of play is that it allows simulation, rehearsal, experiment and, crucially, failure, all in safe fashion. So using play as an educational device offers some powerful opportunities, not least because it works with the way we're hardwired. Play runs through the work of many educational theorists, people like Piaget, who saw it as integral to the development of intelligence in children. Other researchers, like Vygotsky, place similar emphasis on play as a learning device. His idea of the zone of proximal development suggests that play has an important role in stretching children, through social engagement and collaboration in games, to both reinforce their existing knowledge and reach towards new frontiers. Games are really valuable as a part of the learning process because they make it fun. The motivation to explore and learn something new isn't always easy to come by, which is why the reward circuits we talked about earlier are important. Games provide a valuable way of bringing a new dimension to the learning experience. We can see this looking from kindergarten through to the kinds of management training seen in a thousand MBA classrooms. Different types of games, role-playing, paper aeroplane throwing, team dynamics involving contraptions for not breaking eggs, they're all part of a suite of games whose purpose is to engage and enable learning. 
With the crisis has come an emphasis on how to enhance the Zoom type of experience. One way, of course, is via activities, games, which can lighten the mood, change the learning state in an online world. Games offer a powerful way to structure fun experiences through which students can learn. David Kolb's learning cycle is widely used as a simplified representation of how we learn. It suggests that learning is more than just concept. It's rooted in experience and different stations need to be visited before the loop is closed. Crucially, it recognises the need to experiment as part of that process, creating experiences which can then be reflected upon. The value of games is that they offer a safe experimental space in which to do so. Play fits around the experiment and experience zones in the cold model. We generate, in fun ways, experience through trying stuff out. Setting up this kind of ludic space involves working with elements such as the freedom to play, dealing with uncertainty and the use of artificial and alternative worlds within which to experience a different reality. It doesn't matter if we crash and fail because we do so in a safe space. But we do generate rich experiences from which we can extract important concepts. Whether those are about the features of a new product or service we're developing, or the route to a new way of handling a tricky organisational situation, playing games is a valuable resource in our innovation pockets. Let's go back to the flying lab. When it was opened in 2020, one of the first teams to use the space were internal innovators with bright ideas which might help the company move forward. They were part of an accelerator program within Lufthansa, and the workshop at the lab involved playing a game, Shift, which was developed as part of the Gamify program and designed to help them explore some of the barriers to taking their innovation forward, to help them explore different ways of responding to these challenges in a safe, simulated environment. It was a great success, but what they and the company didn't know was that days later the facility would be closed due to COVID-19 restrictions. Of course, since then the world has changed. We now face more pressing challenges than ever, precisely the kind of environment in which innovation is essential. And whilst much of the innovation emphasis in the short term is likely to be about bringing things back to some kind of normal, which will involve a lot of incremental improvements, there's also scope for the kind of imaginative thinking which results from playing with new ideas. The good news is that the Flying Lab is now open again for business, as are many other similar environments. But they're all going to depend for their success on the willingness of organisations and the people within them to loosen up a little, rediscover their childlike abilities to play. Perhaps George Bernard Shaw, the playwright, was right not only about individuals but also about organisations when he suggested that we don't stop playing because we get old, we get old because we stop playing. Mm -hmm.